Hi everyone, welcome to the Vietnamese Boat People podcast, a show that brings you stories of hope, survival, and resilience. I'm excited to share with you a very special episode today, our student spotlight. Back in October 2018, when we first launched our podcast, you might remember that we had a rough-looking podcast cover. Rather than hiring a designer, we decided to ask students from all over the country for their artistic interpretation of our mission. What did the stories of the Vietnamese boat people mean to them? Why was it important to pass on these stories of diaspora? We launched a nationwide logo competition asking college students to share their interpretation with us. Submissions came in from all over the country and even from overseas. It was a super close competition and two talented students were chosen. Beatrice Bu, a student at University of California, Berkeley, won our People's Choice Award with almost 400 votes on our Instagram. Here's what she wrote to us when she submitted her design. There are two major motifs, a sinking boat and two people. The boat is turned on its side and its form is abstracted into the bodies of the people and resembles those used to cross dangerous waters. The people are representative of two generations, old and young, and how they are brought together by their interlocking form. Beatrice's design is so simple yet sophisticated and very complex and rich in its meaning. It made me really curious about the student and the talent behind the design. So I was born in Folsom, California, which is a predominantly upper white middle class community. While there's a lot less crime rate and it's safer, we did see some discrimination just being different. So we did end up moving. I was probably seven at the time. My family currently resides in Sacramento. I have two older brothers. They've both gone to college. My parents, ever since coming here, they worked really hard to be able to provide all of the resources that my family ever needed to support themselves through college. And how did your family, or when did they come to the United States? Um, what they told me was that while they attempted to go by boat, I believe that they were actually captured or in the process of being captured. Therefore, like any books that they had on them was either stolen or they had to throw it over the boat, and then they were like thrown in jail. I think other family members were able to cross by boat, but I know for my mom specifically uh, and her side of the family when she was like held back um, or in jail and my grandma or my grandfather they had to bribe their way out pay the police or whoever the authorities are to you know get different family members out of jail that was like one part of the story where they tried to go by boat what ended up happening in the end was america had something called the american homecoming act time like 1988 is that um My grandmother adopted a white child of some sort. That, that sounds kind of weird. My mom says that, oh, my grandmother is like really kind and loving, has a really big household, wanted more children. During the long conflict in Vietnam, many American soldiers and personnel working in the country fathered children with Vietnamese women. 
Only the most determined Americans managed to get their Vietnamese wives and children out of the country when the war had ended, but thousands of others were left behind. These mixed children came to be known as Amerasians. After the communists took over Vietnam, they purposefully made life even harder for Amerasians and their mothers and relatives because they were considered children of American enemies. Beatrice's grandmother, a kind woman who already had a household of her own children, felt she had to help and adopted an orphan Amerasian. Over the years since the war ended, there were many operations to help get Amerasians out of the country, most with limited success. In 1988, U.S. Congress passed a bill called the Amerasian Homecoming Act, sponsored by John McCain in the Senate and many others. Under the law, Amerasians and their relatives could apply for immigration to the United States. During the peak years of immigration under this law, about 20,000 Amerasians and about 50,000 of their relatives were able to find refuge in America. Through the American Homecoming Act, you would be able to have the U.S. bring you over a more legal immigration. Moms that were able to successfully come over to the States. Has your mom shared with you what it was like initially for them? Where they originally settled, I believe, wasn't as safe as Folsom. They used to live in, like, mixed housing. We didn't own our own property. We didn't have that kind of money. Wherever they ended up living, kind of a lot of dangerous people. At some point, my mom has said that someone has held a gun up against my dad. So that's kind of just a small view into what, like, my parents' life was before they moved to Folsom. Like, they decided to have me. That's when they were, like... To raise another child, we have to live in a safe area. They had moved with alongside all of their family. And so our family is a jewelry-making family. These are techniques they brought back from Vietnam. Some techniques you wouldn't see anywhere else in America. So they've really gone from, you know, having a lot of things stolen from them. They made it to America, you know, work together to really support themselves. And I would say that my parents are like a success story that after coming to America, that they had three kids and put them all through universities. Have you experienced any hurtful things around just, you know, being Vietnamese or Vietnamese refugees? Anything that kind of has stuck with you over the years that you want to share? I feel like because I ended up going in Folsom and in Sacramento, it wasn't very common to hear a lot of derogatory language around Vietnamese, but it wasn't something that they ever said that made us feel bad, but it was I guess it was just a body language that would really, you know, impact the way that we feel about ourselves. Um, we could recognize that, you know, they aren't saying these hurtful things, but we feel hurt. You know, there are things that you can understand even if, you know, someone doesn't speak to you in English. When I go through the design process, I know that I wanted to take this project very seriously. So I know I started with research I didn't just make anything. I wanted to make sure that this represented your statement. So I went through and researched some like parts of your website. And I wanted to pull out keywords about resiliency, the Vietnamese, like, low people struggle. And so 
like, how can you draw this billion? But that's what I wanted to, like, the idea to get across. Um, I had recently gone to uh, the Salt Stained Art Exhibit in Chopsticks Alley, San Jose. It has brought so much depth into um, how I see myself or understanding where people come from. And so it wasn't just about the Vietnamese narrative, it was the Southeast Asian narrative. They were able to express this narrative through art. From there, I was understanding what is struggle, grow with this trauma of the war, how does it bring you closer to people. This is where I started making the connection that with this shared trauma, you would be able to resonate with each other and to support each other. And I thought that, you know, this is the narrative. It was important to me that the inner generation, there's the generation who lived through those experiences, there's the generation today, like my age, and it is somewhere in between there, you know, having those two generations together. I wouldn't be anything, you know, without my parents. I wouldn't be anything without my grandparents. I wouldn't be anything without being Vietnamese. A community formed around the same trauma is how you develop this resiliency. How has being Vietnamese influenced your artwork? What's really helped me get through college was, you know, finding a, the, the Vietnamese community, or to me, it was finding the Vietnamese community, but to other people, you should definitely find people who relate to you. As I've mentioned, I'm in the Cal Vietnamese Student Association, and, you know, with each day, with each semester that I've been a part of this organization, that is what made me, you know, just more confident in myself. Um, and even though they are not related to design, Understanding my narrative has made me a better designer. What would you like to see us accomplish and what do you hope people will take away from it? I want people to be able to recognize their roots. You know, you are people that come from somewhere. And it's been some of the most important things to me is to be able to listen to other people's narratives and to understand where people are coming from, like you relate to people because you feel so similarly. You grow compassion for people to understand how they differ from you. Preserving our past is something that I hold a lot of importance to, to be able to understand your identity and how you can navigate through life. What I've taken away from the competition was that even though I didn't win first place, I still won people's choice, and to me, that was more valuable. Uh, I have told my parents, and I have told like other people in my family, and they were like beyond supportive. They're like trying to get all their other friends to follow, and other family members to follow, and so I thought that was really cool that my family, the sense of like Vietnamese community, or just people that I reached out to were so responsive. That was the talented Beatrice from UCAL Berkeley studying environmental design and landscape architecture. For more details on this episode and to connect with Beatrice, go to our Instagram account at Vietnamese Boat People and look for details under episode six. We also want to give a shout out to Cal VSA and their upcoming cultural show this April 6, 2019. For more information, search for Cal VSA Cultural Show page on Facebook.
And please come shop for Beatrice's winning design at vietnameseboatpeople.org forward slash shop. All sales will support our nonprofit so that we can bring you more stories on our podcast. A portion of profits will also be donated to Mary's List, a movement of neighbors and friends dedicated to welcoming today's new arrival of refugee families across Southern California. I'm Tracy Nguyen Meng, and thank you for listening and helping us preserve history. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on your podcast platform and follow us on Instagram at Vietnamese Boat People. And if you have a story to share, email us at stories at vietnameseboatpeople.org.